It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review. I'm Alan Davidson and I'm joined as always by Dave Galloway. And Dave, I've been out of the loop for the last week on tour in Germany. Have I missed much? Um, fair to say, yes. Uh, today was a, a pretty momentous day in the history of Aberdeen Football Club, but uh, we'll, we'll come to that after we've uh, reviewed um, yesterday's match and there's not a hell of a lot to talk about. No, well, I'd, I've only seen the highlights, and I think that's about as much as there was. I was in the, I was in the air as the game went on. I watched the first ten minutes on my phone before getting on the flight, and then watched the highlights when I came back. But uh, yeah, all in all, disappointing result. Yeah, I mean, an unacceptable performance. You know, you, you can say whatever you want, but it was an unacceptable performance against the side that's a bottom of the league and b for the last fifteen minutes were down to not ten but nine men and you know understandably Derek McInnes after the game he had some rather angry words for his players I thought after having scored the first goal we maybe thought about maybe trying to get more control in the second half um, with an extra midfielder and it goes a bit bizarre with the sending offs but ultimately it's a mistake for their equalising goal from us as good a finish as it is for the boy but there's a combination there of three, two or three things defensively that we've got to do better and Denying the space, making the clearance, narrowing to give a bit of cover. Just far too easy that, the ball forward. and So disappointed uh, from that point of view. Yes, not good at all, Dave. No, absolutely. And it, things, things very much fell flat on what was supposed to be a really special day for Andy Considine. There was a brilliant Aberdeen support down. They had about half the crowd, made a lot of noise. Uh, Andy Considine's 500th game for Aberdeen, really disappointing, but um, we were so close to a fairy tale ending when Andy had a header that seemed certain to nestle in the back of the net. But the St Johnson goalie, who had a really good afternoon, he pulled off a, a fantastic save. That would have that would have just made it a fairy tale ending to the game, wouldn't it? Absolutely, and I think it's one of those. I think Derek McInnes came out and said in press, "I think we've got to discuss the penalty that wasn't given." But uh, goodness me, a, a shocker. Yeah, absolute shocker. I, I but, mean, an absolute, an absolute stonewaller of, if, if ever there was one. And I was talking to one of the guys from Sky Sports after the game, um, and he just reinforced my belief that it was a stonewaller when he said, "You want to see this on the video replays?" He said, "A stick-on penalty." So, poor stuff from the referee. Not like us to be um, having a go at referees, Alan. No, but that's. I think, but I think it's one of those. That I think Derek McInnes came out after the match yesterday and did say, he said to the players at halftime, yes, we all know it was a penalty, but let's not have to speak about that at full time. Well, that's the thing. It was a, it was a, a really stick-on penalty, a blatant penalty, but you can't use that, as the manager alluded to, you can't use that as an excuse. It was a very poor performance. I really thought Aberdeen, <coughs> excuse me, were going to go and sew the game up after a, a quite wonderful strike from... Um, Sammy Cosgrove, um, but they, you know, they just couldn't build on that. And and you know, people have a go at the manager for oh, only playing one up front, uh, but he didn't. Uh, yesterday, he played two up front, and he played with two wingers. So there's there's something far wrong with that performance. You know, no. the, the supply to the front two was was very poor. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, as much as we're criticising the referee in that incident, yes, we should have had the penalty and the chance to go two ahead. Now again, should have put us two ahead. He's six yards out. He's an international footballer. 
You or I could have scored that. Well, uh, pushing it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, and then on to, on to the two red cards, just quickly. Um, I think we've got a lot else to chat about in this show. So on to the two red cards. Absolutely no complaints that Jota can have over either of them. Yeah, two no, absolute shockers. No no, no doubt about them. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced um, it was... Um, uh, malice and they in, intended to right I'm going to get this guy but certainly the, the red mist came down and um, very very reckless uh, challenges and the first one especially that was the one on Bryson wasn't it that that could have that could have you know broken his leg or broken his ankle because that was that was a shocking challenge uh, like I say you know I, I, don't, I don't think it was it was malicious but you know a very very poor challenge well, both of them were. Yeah, that, that, there's much to speak about in those. Um, you'd like to think a, a player never goes on to the pitch with the intention to hurt a fellow professional. Well, I mean, Murray uh, Davidson's hard but hard but fair, but his his tackle on Bryson was a was a real shocker. At, at the very least, it was it was very badly uh, timed. I, I think he maybe just lost control because the red mist came down. No, and uh, well, yeah, I think that's about all to say on that game, isn't it, Dave? Yes, let, let's move on. Move on now. <laughs> the happier stories. So let's let let's fire through quickly on the other games and a wee wrap up on the predictor. Yes, Celtic four, Livingston nil. Yeah, comfortable. I, I, absolutely. I mean, not not unexpected. Very impressive. Very professional performance from Celtic. Certainly, Celtic and Rangers are. You know they're 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 basically playing cat and mouse, and I think that will continue till the the end of the season. Four 0 I went for three nil. Uh, David Fox, um, our Red Army man for this week, he went for three one. I went for three as well, Dave. Hibbs winning start for Jack Ross at Easter Road against Motherwell. Three one. Yeah, by all accounts, Hibbs played some very good football after. Falling a, a goal behind, they showed real determination and spirit, and played some really good stuff to beat Motherwell three uh, one. I went for two one. Uh, David Fox went for two two, and I was two one as well. Goal out again. Kilmarnock convincing three 0 home win against Hearts. His manager still managerless Hearts. Yeah, Angelo Alessio uh, doing a fine job there at Kilmarnock. There were so many doubters initially, um, especially after Connors Key Nomads put them out of Europe. But um, a good three 0 win against Hearts. Uh, I went for one uh, nil. Uh, David went for two one Hearts. Well, I had a one one in that. I was on tour. I was, that's all we'll say on that Dave. Too busy thinking about your bagpipes That was it <laughs> um, I think that just quickly That's got to be I didn't think he was getting the job before He's certainly not now is he? Austin McPhee? I, I really don't think uh, McPhee will get it I mean um, By all accounts He's a he's a good coach And he can be an asset to Hearts But he's not He's, he's not first team manager material I'm afraid Nope On to St Mirren 2, Ross County 1, good home win, big three points for St Mirren. Yeah, good good stuff from the Saints uh, winning 2-1. I went for 1-1, uh, uh, David went for 1-0 Ross County. I was also 1-1, so yet again, no points for me there. New point. Hamilton at home to Rangers, Dave. Yeah, 3-1 uh, to Rangers, Hamilton 
for a short while brought it back to uh, 1-1 and there might have been one or two eyebrows raised. I was pretty sure that, that Rangers would just uh, move up through the gears and they, they duly did to win 3-1. Uh, myself and David both went for 3-0. And I had 4-0. So a point there for me. Do we need to mention the Aberdeen game again? Anybody get any points there? Um, nope. Well, I went for I went for two nil. Uh, David Fox went for two nil, and of course it was uh, well. We'll get the number of goals right, but the the way the goals were shared out, totally wrong. One one. So finally, that takes us on to the predictor table. First of all, oh. Dave Mack out in front on sixty six points. Myself on sixty two. Andrew Shiny 59 Mike 54 Yourself And the Red Army Dave 43 Oh well at least I'm not adrift I'm not adrift at the bottom Dogfight Relegation dogfight Between yourself And the Red Army I'm I'm fighting I'm fighting I'm fighting back I'm Uh, on the way back In terms of The Scottish Premiership Celtic and Rangers Still out in front 34 points Ourselves on 25 3 clear of Motherwell 4 clear of Kilmarnock Kind of clear top six starting to become apparent yeah absolutely but what, what top five sorry yeah what absolutely yeah totally what a what a great chance to open up um a substantial gap on um motherwell the aberdeen blue yesterday and uh you know i i'm reluctant to use must win uh to label a match but i, I think um aberdeen's next game at home to st Marin, Anything other than a convincing home victory at Pitaudry would be just unacceptable. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's where we get to. We got to Kilmarnock, 21, Hibs in 6th, 15, 14, Ross County, 13, Livingston, and the bottom four all on 11. Talk about a dogfight. Hearts, Hearts, St Mirren, Hamilton, and St Johnston. Unbelievable. Se- separated by 11 goals. <laughs> That, that's incredible really incredible you, nobody would have predicted that absolutely nobody um, see my, my Tommy right out by Christmas could still happen Dave well possibly if, if, if only it wasn't for dodgy referees he could be closer to the exit I yeah. don't know why, why have I started a campaign against Tommy Wright I don't why know. have I if all the managers to pick on it's not the best idea no, um, <laughs> I, 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 would, I would have thought you'd have had a spring in his step yesterday but um, had a face like thunder when I saw him <laughs> Don't know why. Leave, leave that one there. I think so. <laughs> so on to Dave. On to happier news. Yes. And like I say, I got off a plane from Germany last night to a statement from the club that we all kind of had been rumoured was coming anyway, and we all kind of had a feeling we knew what was in it. But the news that Stuart Mill is to stand aside as chairman, being replaced by Dave Cormack, along with a. A host of others we'll get on to, but that's the that's kind of the headline, isn't it? Yeah, uh, talk, talk about big news. That, that's not even big news, that, that's massive news. Like you say, the worst kept secret in Scottish football, but um, it, it has finally been confirmed, it has finally been announced. 22 years or so at the helm for Stuart Milne, Dave Cormack taking over after the AGM uh, next month. Stuart, in my opinion, has done a a, a very fine job over the piece over his time at Pitaudry but of course he's had his critics some of that has been pretty strong some of the criticism some of it has been pretty personal and I asked him if the criticism over the years hurt maybe some people wouldn't believe it but I'm human like everyone else and it does hurt at times but 
you've got to accept you've taken on the responsibility and even though these things hurt, if you believe in what you're setting out to do, then you've got to make sure that that doesn't deflect you away from... And you've also got to be conscious that if it's hurting me, it's also hurting other people within the club. And, and I think that's where it's important when you get through these situations that you can try and hold everyone together and make sure that the belief is not lost. And, and I think, by and large, most of the time we've been able to do that. That's it, Dave. I think um, the chairman has come in for a lot of criticism over the years. But I think when, when you look back on his, on his his time in charge of the club, he's done a fairly decent job, given where I think he most of the criticism came from not spending money we didn't have. And we've seen how well that's gone for some other Scottish clubs. This, this is very, very true, Alan. I mean, there was a time not so long ago that Aberdeen were £15 million in debt. I would say that the only thing that stopped the club going into administration was that Stuart Milne was underwriting all Aberdeen's debts. That was that that was what was keeping the wolf from the door. That was it. And I think it's I think I think it's easy for fans to, to point the finger and go, Why are we not signing Messi? Um but I think the 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 job the chairman's done has, has, has been has been pr- a pretty good one. If you look at where the, the club was when he, he took charge and where the club is now, um even down to the introduction of Dave Cormack and the, the kind of American investment that has now come forward was a kind of a, a door that was opened by Stuart Milne. Yeah, he's the he's been the the kind of catalyst for change. But you know he has seen that this is now the right time to to step aside and pass the baton over um, to uh, Dave Cormack. So you know we wish we wish Stuart well. He's going to remain uh, on the board though. But um, you know I I think uh, most fans would agree that. He has done a a good a good job for the club. Of course, there were the uh, the keyboard warriors on Twitter that would um, probably beg to differ, and they're they're probably um, calling me names as um, as the, as they listen to this. But that's my view. <laughs> there we go, Dave. Well, let me say the new chairman is Dave Cormack, and I think it's it's a move that I think was was fairly obvious was going to come at some point, and I think it was fairly well spoken about among fans that. It's always looked for the last few years, and I think uh, Stripmore mentioned that today. That kind of succession plan, in in any business, not just a football club, is 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 a wise one to ha- to have a plan going forward. Yeah, well, I just don't know if we we saw it coming quite yet, did we? Um, I mean, I, I I don't think so just yet. I mean, we we knew it was going to happen sooner rather than the later, or sooner or later it was going to happen. Um, but you know, when I spoke to. Um, Stuart Milne and Dave Cormack today, you know, they said that this had been a, the succession plan had been a couple of years in the making, you know, there had been work going on uh, behind the scenes, you know, just just to kind of ensure that everything was in place, ensure that there was a a smooth transition. When when you look at it, it probably now is a good time to hand over the reins because, you know, we've got Cormack Park up and running and now Dave Cormack can, you know, look at the best ways to raise the funding that is required 45 million pounds or so for the for the stadium yeah absolutely and that, that that's the big thing it's that the, the money that comes with this move is is fairly substantial in in kind of i think it's three million from cormac and two from the kind of atlanta amb sports group um and 
I, I did see a quote saying there'll be no blank check, which is slightly disappointing. Given, yeah. given, given Mr. Mr. Blank's value. <laughs> yes, yes, Mr. Blank, who owns um, Atlanta, um, he's apparently worth about five billion pounds, but um, I'm sure he didn't uh, get to be that rich by just. Uh, throwing money around willy-nilly but um, who knows in future years maybe more money will be forthcoming but um, £5 million like you say of fresh investment attracted in by uh, Dave Cormack and there's also the tie-up as we mentioned uh, with Atlanta. I I asked Dave Cormack how the tie-up with Atlanta will help Aberdeen FC. We've obviously seen John Gallagher come here from a, a development perspective and John's a development player right? But if you think about it, their scouting in South America in particular is incredible. Their reach in there. So hopefully we're able to unearth a gem, young player gem there that we're able to take to Aberdeen. Atlanta's got roster limits, you know, so it, it kind of makes sense for them to look out for us down there. And in Europe, we've already helped them scout a number of players because we have all the data on them. And so I think the, the economy is a scale related to player uh, development or, or player identification, I should say, and scouting will be there. And commercially, we haven't pinned anything down yet, but they have a, Atlanta has a million fans um, on social media following them. We, we've got 100,000. A lot of those fans, the fan experience there, average crowd of 54,000, will now be able to follow Atlanta and Aberdeen 12 months of the year, overlapping. So things like Red TV, Aberdeen DNA initiatives, we look at partnerships as well. From a sponsorship perspective, we think that's going to benefit us too. Well, it is exciting, isn't it, Dave? If, I mean, I if think so. I think there have been similar ties between clubs in Europe and, and the United States in the past, um, but I think this this one certainly seems slightly more significant. And you, you wonder if the, those in Atlanta will be slightly more hands on with Aberdeen FC than kind of the the other deals that have come before, and kind of and certainly possible in terms of player movement. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the the possibilities of um, you know some good talent coming over from you know the likes of the the states and even even South America because um, Atlanta do have um, a, a, an influence on South America, so the possibilities are exciting from the point of view of of, of players coming in. But I think this tie up will show over time that there are various ways that Aberdeen can generate extra income to, you know, hopefully try and, uh, you know, push on. Absolutely. And you think there is, kind of like Dave Cormack mentioned there, there is the kind of, the overlap in the seasons in, in Americans playing summer football. There's, there's a long time off and we have seen in the past players from the MLS come to Europe and play on loan rather than sitting through the winter in America. Yeah, and that 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 can that can only help Aberdeen. So, like I say, exciting times ahead. I think I've I've got a genuine good feeling about this. No, like I say, very very exciting indeed. And obviously, also joining is Darren Eels. Yeah, um, the president of Atlanta United had a had a sit down chat with him as as well today, and you know he came across very well. I, I was expecting him to speak with an American accent, but that's not really possible because he is actually English, as as you will hear in uh, just a moment. We'll try not to hold that against him, though. <laughs> no, he came across very well. He was he, he was very good. It was it was a great uh, 
10 minutes or so I, I had in my sit down chat with him and you know we spoke about various things and he also told me you know how just how the I, I spoke about different ways to generate finance he told me you know just what they'll do as regards exploring different ways to generate that finance to hopefully narrow the gap on the old firm you've got to be innovative in in the game of football i think you know to compete and you know it's right there's you know celtic and rangers it's just they're in a different world in terms of their payroll and what they've got for for players but that doesn't mean that you can't be competitive if you try to find every little angle you can and you know it's no different from atlanta united what we're trying to do in a salary cap environment you know we have a strict salary cap there and so you have to be creative you have to try and find sort of little areas where you can get the benefit uh, to sort of be competitive and i think that's that's what, you know, again, something that stood out about Aberdeen is that this is a club with a great history, but they're also innovative and trying to find ways to, to sort of compete, if, even if they can't do it from the pure money perspective. Yeah, well, he's speaking about trying to find ways around salary caps and tight finances. Somebody informed that EBTs are not the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I, well, I did think that, but I, I didn't, 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 want to, didn't want to mention that to, to Darren, but, you know... I'm sure you can you can hear there that he did come across uh, very well indeed, and you know the the potential for generating extra revenue um, excites me. You know, we will never ever be able to match Celtic and Rangers pound for pound with the income that they generate. So you know, we need to think outside the box. We need to try something a little bit different, and and this just fits the bill for me. That's it, Dave, and there. I would suggest there may be a pre-season trip to Atlanta coming in the very near future. Oh, I'd love that. Do you think the bosses will pay for it? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the red review from Atlanta sounds like a good trip, Dave. That sounds great. I'll, I'll get on to Dave Cormack and see if he can, <laughs> if a, see if he can sort something so out. Sort something out for I'll us. drop him a wee message. <laughs> but no, I think it is exciting times, Dave Cormack coming in, and it seems to be that he has almost had, even in his short time in the club, relatively in the last couple of years, the fans do seem to enjoy what he has to say and he seems to be kind of singing off the same hymn sheet as a lot of them. Yeah, indeed. And, and you know, he's very approachable. He's using uh, Twitter to, to good effect as well. And, you know, he said on his Twitter page that, you know, he's more than happy to meet up with Aberdeen fans and sit down and have a chat with them. Even, even the ones that are having a go at him and the club on Twitter, uh, but there's one who we won't even give him the the benefit of the publicity. But um, his title's got the word "car" in it. Um, he personally invited him to to have a meeting with him. Come, come and let's have a chat. Never took him up on it. That's poor. No, well, I think let's say um, I had a had a brief chat with Dave Cormack in Burnley. Yeah. Um, as was shown by the who's the. Who's who's the fan in this photo with me that he posted on Twitter, and I had to sheepishly go. Oh, that was me. What, yeah. what, what did I say? <laughs> but no, I think from from the from the brief conversation I had with him down there, um, you, you, you could you could feel his passion for the club, and you could feel it was genuine. Um, and it's it's, it's good to see kind of that level of connection with the fans. Yeah. Now, um, that, now that he is the chairman, we'll 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 see how how, how long that relationship continues. Now that I think some of some of some sections of the support. Have possibly in the last couple of seasons labelled Stuart Milne the baddie and yeah, kind of D- Dave Cormack's the the good guy riding in on his on his white horse to save the club from 
the evil Stuart Milne, which has just not been the case. No, no. But that, that, is the, that is the picture that some, I would suggest, slightly ill-informed fans on social media. Yeah, yeah that, 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 would be, that would be more than a little unfair, Alan, I, I have to say. Um, j- just on Dave Cormack, um, plenty of other things that, that we spoke about on the subject of um, Pitaudry, you know, the, the let's redevelop Pitaudry thing reared its head again uh, because there was a change of uh, chairman um, confirmed for some reason some fans thought oh well maybe maybe we'll redevelop Pataudry after all now he went into detail to explain why that will not be happening and Kingsford will be happening um, he said just look at Hearts as an example they built a lovely new stand but that one stand alone cost £15 million if you multiply that by he said if you multiply that by two because the stand opposite would need to be rebuilt. Um, then both ends, maybe ten million each. Suddenly, you're talking about an awful lot of money. You know, you're talking about fifty million pounds, and there wouldn't be the cash generating revenue that um, the Kingsford Stadium will have. That wouldn't be available at, at, at a redeveloped Pitodry. But for the time being, for the for the few years that we remain at Pataudry as a club. He also said that he's got uh, various um, initiatives in mind uh, to try and generate uh, more of an atmosphere at Pataudry. Uh, so that, that'll be good. Um, you know, Sleepy Hollow. Um, it, it, it unfortunately is, is true. No, well, I think that, that, that kind of, that changing up and possibly that slightly American way of thinking on a match day is already kind of coming through. There's the uh, Dougie Lampkin on... Saturday pre-match motorcyclist RDS concourse thing going on. Pre-match motorcyclist. If you not, uh, no, uh, Dave, I've been out of the country for a week I've and I know about that. this. I've not seen that. I need to look at that. There's uh, a, a motorcycle show basically before the game. Well, that's good. That's different. I I I, I saw the headline on Twitter. Is all is all I is all I've seen. Um, and yeah, there's she's a world champion freestyle motorcycle person apparently. Um, is doing show. I'm assuming not on the pitch. No, no. I think the groundsman <laughs> would have a a coronary if that happened. But no, I I think that's really good. And and you know, we can learn a lot from the American way of marketing soccer, as they call it. it it's a it's a family day out. It's not a case of I'll oh, just go to the game and then then just go home. And you know, what uh, Dave Cormack wants to see is a better family experience. And 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 I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll pull it off. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it, it's only it, it's only right that the club. Do you know what? If clubs in Scotland and clubs in Britain in general are going to have to change the way they think, I think that there are so many options. There's so much. I think Sky Sports has been brilliant for the game, certainly down south, in pumping lots and lots and lots of money in. Can we but, get some? But there's there's a real feeling, and it's it's really noticeable that fans on a match day, especially when you look down in England with VAR. Fans in the stadium are thought of absolutely last. You're you're paying punter through the door is being neglected down in England. Yeah. Possibly to an extent up here. And up here we don't have the Sky Sports money coming in to make up for the lack of bums on seats. No, absolutely. Well th- this is where the thinking out of the box um thing that I mentioned a few minutes ago comes in and we need to 
generate income in, in different ways to try and move forward as a club, to try and put in a sterner challenge um, to the big two. But like I've said a, a few times already, I, I think, you know, exciting times um, lie ahead. We've got the changing of the guard right at the top of the club, of course. Stuart Milne stepping aside, Dave Cormack um, coming in. I, I've been out and about actually getting the, the Red Army's views on this. Everyone would obviously like the club to spend more money and be more successful, but you can only do that if you generate it, so fair play. Thanks for his efforts. I think we should be grateful for the time Stuart Mullen's been there. He'll leave a lasting legacy when we get out to Kingsford. I think he's done a good job, to be honest. The club's in a good financial state and debt-free, but uh, maybe it's time for a change, aye. The club is heading in the right direction, positive direction, and he's built a uh, foundation for uh, for the club to go forward. He's done a lot for them, but it seems to all be about money for him and... No passion over the last maybe three, four years. You know, we've got to move forward, so uh, on to the next step. So onwards and upwards. Might be better for the club, I think, with Dave Cormack coming in. Not scared to spend some money, maybe. I think the club's in need a fresh impetus, and Dave Cormack is a shrewd businessman. Like that, like that last fan said there, Dave, Dave Cormack is a shrewd businessman. I think anybody thinking he's going to come in, kind of shake Mansoor style and kind of a Doric shake Mansoor, if you will, and throw money at it. No, that, it it's not going to happen. No, 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 it, it, it's not because, you know, he's a very successful businessman, Dave Cormack, and he invests money wisely. He knows he knows how to how to grow a business and develop a business and make it stronger financially. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight for Aberdeen Football Club, but it will happen over the years, over the months, over the years, and, you know, I, I think the club will just go from strength to strength now. Well, I, was, I think we, we touched on this on the show a few weeks ago. I think part of the, the, the club's plan going forward will be possibly that we've now got a wee bit more money to, to invest in, in players. But you would think part of the mentality will still be to invest in the youth and Cormac Park being a massive, massive part of that in growing our own talent that we can then sell on for a reasonable profit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, setting up a, a really good conveyor belt of talent is, um, you know, essential to a club like Aberdeen. Further up the scale, you know, look at look at what, um, you know, Celtic have been doing. You know, Kieran Tierney, a, a prime example, developed through Celtic's excellent youth academy. And they've got amazing facilities. He wasn't purchased he just came in at the beginning of the conveyor belt they brought him up through the ranks they developed him and then they sold him on to Arsenal for 25 million pounds that's the way ahead absolutely well I think like we say Dave all good news really apart from the performance yesterday yeah that just took a bit of a, a bit a bit of gloss off everything unfortunately um but um you know that surely what happened in one game is is outweighed by you know what's been happening today, and that that'll give everybody a, a a shot in the arm, and hopefully the the guys can go out and bounce straight back on Saturday. I've no doubt they will. No, well, let's see. I think that possibly will just about do us for this week. After a fairly hectic few hours in interviews with various new faces in the club, and lots and lots, I'm sure, will come out over the the coming days and weeks. Yeah, um, and we will talk about this further. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. But for this week, I have been Alan Davidson, and this has been the Red Review. North Sound One Red Review.